Okay, fellas. Ciao time. Let's bring it in. It's showtime, right? It's showtime. Let's kick some ass. Welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I am Show, your host, as always. Thank you so much for coming into the recording booth with me. I mean, socially distanced, of course. I mean, also, I'm not in a recording booth. I'm in my bedroom at home. But <laughs> actually, so it's probably a good thing you're not here with me right now because otherwise you'd be in my bedroom. Or maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Either way. Uh, I hope you are all staying safe. I hope you all managed to give a, a listen to the, the previous episode, Nomadland, Ryan, The Last Dragon, and uh, the Snyder Cut with the movies we did in the last episode. Uh, no specific movies in this one, because as I mentioned, I wanted to get to the Oscar nominations. That was something we hadn't really talked about. I was going to say in depth, but actually we haven't talked about it at all. And I mean, look, if, you, if you're a listener of this pod, regular or otherwise, you will know that I love the Oscars, right? I unabashedly love the Oscars. I think they're fun. I think uh, even though they are essentially a giant golden circle jerk, I, I love them, I have to say. And I mean, look, my, my hypocrisy knows no bounds because I don't really care for the Grammys. I think the Grammys are the worst. Here's that champagne you ordered, Mr. Simpson. Oh, thanks. Here. Wow, an award statue. Eh, oh, it's a Grammy. Hey! Don't throw your garbage down here! <laughs> and uh, I, I've also said, uh, with regards to the Golden Globes, that I don't really think the, you know, the HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, is all that diverse. I mean, you think about it, what, the Oscars voting body is something like 3,000-plus people, and what, the HFPA is what, like 100 people, right? And I mean, the, the, the articles about how they run rampant with uh, gift-buying and ca- uh, campaigning that I guess influences a far greater percentage proportionally of... Of uh, people who vote because I mean there are only a hundred people versus like you can probably influence two hundred people and that may maybe wouldn't be enough to sway anyone for your movie at the Oscars which is important which is why it's important I should say for uh, the Oscars voting body to continually grow and also grow to be more diverse right I mean I know some people might cry about PC culture and all that stuff but I mean as as times change and of course it's always been diverse it just hasn't been reflected in the voting body but either way like as times continually become at the very least more aware of it you can at least start to see a little a more maybe a more representative feeling of how the populace at large feels about movies, right? Specific movies, and of course, we saw Parasite winning last year. I for sure thought 1917 was going to win, right? And I mean, of course, it was a... I, I think I, I think it's safe to say that Parasite winning was considered an upset, even though I wanted it to win. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted Parasite to win. I was thoroughly overjoyed by Parasite winning. And uh, yeah, it's crazy to think that here we are, and uh, it's possible that another... I don't want to call it minority movie, but another maybe movie that people even five years ago may not have considered for uh, for contention, right? So yeah, the Oscar nominations are, are officially out, and let's go through some of the uh, categories. Certainly, I, want, I don't. We won't go to all of them because look, I think when if you're listening to this podcast, I would uh, I wager a bet that you are like me and you do actually care about the uh, short subject documentary and the film editing and international films and. Music, original song, and production design, and blah, 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 right? Like, and again, look, I'm not saying those Oscars are not important. They are. But I would say the casual fan, the average person, right? Like, the, the not the, the junkies, but the people who just tune in because they hear the words Academy Awards or the Oscars, and they think the glitz and glamour of the movies, they... 
they they want to see and talk about the quote unquote big awards, right? Which I would argue for those people, it doesn't even really include the screenplay awards. I would include the screenplay awards, but I would argue that it's really just the acting awards, the directing award, and that's even even that is at the very bottom of these ones, right? It's really the acting awards and best picture. Now, look, I confess when it comes to best picture that I haven't seen all the, the all of these movies. In fact, of the let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films. I've actually only seen three of them so far. Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, and No Man Land, okay? Because the other ones, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, Mank, and The Father, I don't know, I just haven't gotten around to them yet. I mean, I, I, I think I said, in the, I think it was the last episode, I said Mank and The Trial of the Chicago 7 are going to be next on my list. Because they're, not only because... I've been putting them off for quite some time, but because they're probably the most accessible, both of them being on Netflix, which I do subscribe to, as, as many people do. I believe The Sound of Metal here in Canada is on Amazon Prime. I think Promising Young Woman is as well, but it is on, if it's not, it is for sure on um, some on-demand services, which you can pay for. And uh, The Father, which I've been waiting for, uh, has not yet come out. At the, at the very least, at the time of recording, it has not yet come out. So I will go see those ones. Um, I, I will say my my early hope it's not really a prediction but my early hope is that minari wins because minari is just man the minari is just a beautiful film it's a beautiful movie and that does not mean that nomadland is not because i think nomadland is the front runner right now it would seem but certainly things can happen things can change as we saw last year and minari is just man it's just it's a it's a it's a fragile gentle movie maybe maybe fragile is the wrong word but certainly gentle kind right kind and i think as i said during the review i just think that maybe after the year we've all had like the last 12 months we've all had i think something kind needs to win right and again nomadland is not unkind it's just i think it's it kind of lays bare the kind of problems that where people in the cracks and on the margins are ignored and fall through which is which is awful, right? I'm not saying that's a good thing. And it's, it's good. It is good that Chloe Zhao and Francis McDormand and their crew shone a light on it. It is good. Because, but I just feel like it's a, it's a very, like, at least to me, it was a very cold movie. Does that make sense? It was a cold movie to me. It didn't make me feel good. Minari made me feel good. It did. So, uh, and look, that's a personal bias, I, I freely admit. And maybe when I see some of these other movies, I'll like them a little better. But Minari, to me, was the best and my favorite movie of, of, of the last year. So I would I would happily cast my vote for Minari if I had one. Um, I also wanted to very briefly talk about some of the acting nominees. Um, and look, I think, I, I think by and large, I'm pretty happy with all the acting nominees. Very pleased that Stephen Yeun, I just talked about Minari, very pleased that he was nominated for uh, actor in a leading role, first Asian American to ever be nominated. Uh, Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, first Muslim actor, which I'm very pleased about because of course I am <laughs> I am Muslim if the name doesn't give it away. Uh, but first Muslim actor to be nominated for, for leading role because of course Mahershala Ali uh, won two Oscars. Uh, he's a Muslim as well, but he is uh, he won those Oscars for a supporting role. But still, I mean, it's a small distinction, but I mean, if you're talking about the leading role category, he is the first Riz Ahmed uh, as a Muslim, which is pretty, pretty cool for me. Um, I think the most glaring admission from actor in a leading role is Delroy Lindo for Five Bloods. And, and I will, before we continue on Lindo, it's a crime that <laughs> Five Bloods did not get nominated for, I think, a single Oscar. I could be wrong. Like, I kind of skimmed some of the other categories, I freely admit, but I don't see it in cinematography. I don't see it in directing, certainly. I don't see it in 
Um, any of those other Oscars, they, like, they certainly don't see it in the Screenplay Awards. Actually, you know what? I think it got nominated. Yeah, here it is. It got nominated for music. Okay, original score. But is, I think that might be it, right? And that's just... That's wrong, I think, frankly. That's wrong. Like, I, even if you don't think Spike Lee should have gotten nominated, Delroy Lindo, by far, not only should have gotten nominated, but he probably should have won, right? I mean, I say should have. He won't because he wasn't nominated. <laughs> so you, you, get what I'm, you get what I'm saying. But I, I guess, I guess what I'm, where I'm going with this is that I feel like, and again, I apologize for getting on the soapbox with this, but I, but I promise I'll be brief. I feel like when it comes to Hollywood, they have a certain amount of bandwidth that is uh, probably unintentionally for some, I think intentionally for a lot of others, but either way, uh, bandwidth that is allocated towards issues of race, right? And I genuinely think that with Riz Ahmed and Steven Yoon and certainly the late Chavik Bozeman, he got nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I think he's probably the front runner here. But either way, uh, Bozeman, Ahmed, Yoon, Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Lakeith Stanfield, Viola Davis, uh, Ye Jung Yoon, all of these minorities getting nominated for acting awards. And I genuinely think that the Academy, by and large, and I know the Academy is not a monolith. I know that, I know that, okay? But at the same time, I feel like they probably saw the push for nominations and they thought to themselves, well, you know what? We did it. Riz Ahmed, first Muslim in leading role. Steven Yoon, first Asian American in a leading role. We got Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, even though that's wrong, and one of them should be in a leading role as well. Uh, but both of them got nominated. Leslie Odom Jr. got nominated. You know what I mean? Like they, I feel like they saw, or some voted for enough black actors or enough minorities, and they thought to themselves, "Well, we did it, everyone. We checked the box. They're gonna; those people will be happy now, right? They won't bother us anymore. The minorities are are not gonna bug us anymore." And they and they and they kind of washed their hands of it, and that's wrong. Right, that's wrong. It 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 just it it should be that if you're the best actor in a given year, you should be getting nominated. And I think I still think even now, even with a larger, more diverse base that the Academy Award sits in, I think that they still have problems with race because, frankly, Delroy Lindo should have been nominated. And again, I haven't seen Gary Oldman in Mank. I haven't seen Anthony Hopkins in The Father. But you're telling me that both of those guys were head and shoulders above Delroy Lindo's performance? I mean, I just. That's gonna go. That's gonna go down as one of the all-time Oscar snubs, in my opinion. Because, like I said, he should be winning this this uh, this category, like running away with the Oscar, not just not getting nominated in the first place. But I mean, I can't really do anything about it right now. But I just I wanted to say that I wanted to get that out there because I truly believe that even though we have come a long way, there is oh my gosh, there's such a long way to go still, and I think that's reflected in a lot of places in the world certainly like you can take that you can take that statement and apply it to i would probably say everything ever when it comes to uh, race but yeah it's just a little it was a little disappointing i would say I, I did say i was largely pleased that's the biggest thing i can think of right like shaka king regina king probably could have gotten nominated for best director uh, i wouldn't take thomas vinterberg out and i haven't seen the other movies but i just of all the snubs, I feel like that's the most egregious, followed by Lakeith Stanfield being put in a supporting role and not in acting. But, I mean, I'm glad he was nominated at the very least, I guess. But, I mean, it just feels like, you know what I mean? It just feels like you're like, it's like, oh, you can take what you can get, and you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. But, again, so I'll get off the soapbox now. But, yeah, that that was something that really bothered me. Um, elsewhere, you look at some of the other categories, right? I mean, 
Uh, cinematography is certainly an interesting one. Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of Chicago 7, all getting nominated. Um, all, all pretty worthy categories, I, or movies, I would imagine. Um, I am going to finish up uh, watching uh, those other ones as well so I can make a more informed decision. But, I mean, from what little I've seen and what little I've read, uh, it certainly seems like a t- pretty tight category. And uh, as we discussed when Soul came out, uh, the animated feature film category is Onward, Over the Moon, a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Wolfwalkers and Soul. And, uh, I mean, look, Onward, it was fine, right? It was fine. Soul is going to win this category. Like, if you could bet your entire life savings on Soul winning this Oscar, I would do it. And you know what? It, it's, it, it, you would do it because you're probably only going to, if you bet a million dollars, you're probably only only winning back, what, a million dollars and ten, right? <laughs> because that's, the, the odds are going to be ginormously in favor of Soul. But uh, either way, it's just pretty pretty funny that the category is even less stacked or or even more perhaps the better way of saying it is even more stacked in soul's favor than you would have otherwise imagined all right let's get to our guest uh, i did say or maybe i didn't say actually now that i think about it i've been talking for so long um because i am a gas bag i uh, forgot to talk about the guest um either way if i have or have not here we go again james mackin from 680 news my colleague here uh in toronto james mackin james is a great great guy big movie buff James probably knows, I would imagine, more about the history of the Oscars than I do. I would love to get James and Quentin and Mark, Mark Goujon, uh, all in a room together and hear them talk about movies. I wouldn't even participate. I'd just be like, oh, interesting thought, James. Mark, thoughts? And then Mark would give a thought. I'd be like, huh, that is interesting. Quentin, thoughts? And just because I think that would be, A, that'd be really funny, and B, I think they would have some a, a very, very erudite conversation about movies but anyways a lot that's a I, I digress that's a that's a conversation down the road but either way i did have james on the, a couple days ago we hooked up via skype my first time doing a skype interview for this podcast because of course we're still at home and we can't hook people into the phone lines or do it in person of course so uh hopefully this is a good uh, good quality connection but james and i talked about the oscar nominations some historical things we got off tangent a little bit talked about some other movies but either way here's my conversation with my pal james mackin Pleased to be joined by James Mackin, my colleague from 680 News, and of course a, a huge movie buff as well. James, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, Show. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining me. Well, it's it's a crazy time to talk about the Oscars. Actually, you know what? Before we talk about the Oscars, I'm I'm actually curious. What was the last movie you saw in theaters? Ooh, um, so the last film I saw in theaters was uh, it was called Possessor Uncut. Okay. It's a horror film by uh, Brandon Cronenberg, who's the son of David. Um, that was a, a very strange movie. I saw it um, about a week before they closed the theaters down in Ontario or in the GTA again. Um, and it's basically a horror movie about a corporate assassin who is able to take over the bodies of people and uh, just sort of goes and kills people for her company through taking over these bodies. Very strange movie, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> okay, well, my, my, the last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog. So uh, oh, a, yeah. a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> very different indeed. I also saw that one in theaters when it came out as well. Yeah, it was funny to think that that was well mm-hmm. over a year ago because I, I had taken my, my younger sister to go see Sonic the Hedgehog. Like me and my, my mother and sister went to go see it in theaters. Her birthday is at the end of February, and it's, it's just crazy to think it's 2021 because, you know, they say uh, time is a flat circle. It's a, that's a, that's yeah. exactly what it feels like <laughs> when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to movies. Okay, so the Oscars, the nominations yeah. are out. And uh, I got to ask, have you seen all of the Best Picture nominees so far? 
Uh, I haven't seen all of them. I've seen half of them this year. Um, so far, I've seen Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, but I'm going to be finishing off the rest of the list in the, uh, the coming week or so as well. Okay, so you know what? That's actually, that works out really well because I haven't seen Mank, Promising Young Woman, or The Trial of Chicago 7. So if, you oh, had okay. to, if, if I, uh, I had to ask you as someone who has seen those three movies, which one should I start with? I would suggest starting with Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, it's a very like entertaining courtroom drama. Uh, it's very um, informative about you know period of days. Um, it's got a lot of great cast members in it, from uh, you know Sasha Baron Cohen to uh, Jeremy Strong to Yaya Abdul Mateen II. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a big winner at the Oscars, but it is a it is a strong film for sure, and it's a good way to start it off. You know, I saw some people, James, thinking that Aaron Sorkin maybe got snubbed for Best Director. Like, given... It's it's funny, right? Because I'm looking at the list of Best Director nominees right now, right? And mm-hmm. so Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for mm-hmm. Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. And I mean, look, I haven't seen Mank or Promising Young Woman. I will watch those in, in probably in the coming weeks or so, definitely before the ceremony itself. But I mean, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to really say. Well, any of these people should be taken out for, let's say, an Aaron Sorkin, or I, I would probably argue that maybe Shaka King or Regina King for mm-hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah or another One Night in Miami would be, you know, a worthy nominees as well. But I mean, considering it, it's, you know, it's you always have to take someone out to put someone in, if if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely tight to pick if there's anyone who should be taken out of the Best Director nominees this year. They've got like five really great directors with five really great movies. Um, I still haven't seen uh, Nomadland by Chloe Zhao, but I've seen the rest of those nominees. And in my opinion, honestly, any of them easily deserve the award. Um, Like they were all amazing films. Another round in particular is just one of the best movies I've seen this year. So I think I'm kind of holding out for that one personally, but in all honesty, any of them would make a good best director for the winner. You know, it's funny. I had seen uh, another round kind of on a whim. Like I had mm-hmm. seen it at, at TIFF and I, I had missed out on seeing, because you know, TIFF this year was done via like a lot of online screening links. Like it wasn't done in person, mm-hmm. obviously. So you had That's to like, right, yeah. you know, like basically log in whenever they put up the link and buy your virtual ticket online. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I tried to buy the Nomad one, Nomad Land one, and that sold out pretty much instantly. So yeah. I kind of, and then I I don't think Minari was shown a tiff uh, during the festival. I think there was some like the light box links. I want to say a couple weeks ago or maybe like That's yeah, right, it, yeah. end yeah, of February. Started a, about a month ago with the light box, I think. Right, exactly. Right. So I think like beyond that, uh, I didn't get to see many other movies, but I did get to see another round in One Night in Miami via the tiff links. And I gotta say, another round was a, a pleasant surprise. I, I have to say, I, I hadn't seen too many of. Thomas Vinterberg's other movies, and of course, Mads Mikkelsen has been pretty relatively popular in North America for some time. But I feel like I watched that movie pretty much only because I liked Mads Mikkelsen from like Casino Royale and Hannibal, and uh, and and I got to see him a little more in in this, and he was he was fantastic. Oh yeah, he's amazing. He's uh, it's interesting because like as you mentioned here, he's known for playing a lot of villainous roles. Like he was in Casino Royale as the villain. Right. He's Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal. He was in the Doctor Strange movie as the villain. But in Denmark, he's uh, like more of your just classical leading man. So, uh, and especially with Thomas Vinterberg, he's done a lot of films like that as well, where he's just more of a regular guy going through kind of regular things. So I thought it was really interesting to see like another turn of him doing that kind of role as well. And I thought that like another round was easily just like one of the best films both uh, Vinterberg and Mickelson have ever done in their entire careers. 
Yeah, it was it was it was really fun. I I, I am like. It's one of those things where you kind of probably know it's not going to get a lot of like pub or or push, I suppose, with, with the yeah. way these awards shows work. But at the same time, I, I am like secretly rooting for it. I think um, mm-hmm. with with another round. So you know, looking, we're, we're talking a little bit about snubs, and I mentioned mm-hmm. Shaka King and Regina King. I think probably could yeah. have deserved some nominations. Are there are there any other snubs that come to mind for the Oscar noms uh, that you feel were maybe particularly egregious? Um, the one that I think was the most surprising to me was not seeing Amy Adams get a nomination for Hillbilly Elegy while Glenn Close did get a nomination for that film. Okay. Um, I didn't think the film was particularly amazing, but both Amy Adams and Glenn Close were the best parts of it. So I thought it was kind of interesting to see that Glenn Close got the nomination um, while Amy Adams didn't, especially considering that Amy Adams... You know, she's been nominated for a bunch of Oscars throughout her career. She's always done a really great job, and she's always been snubbed. She's never won an award yet. So I was very surprised to see that. Um, otherwise, I would say I was pretty happy with the nominations this year for the most part. Um, I personally would have liked to have seen Tenet get a couple more nominations, sure. but because um, I just really like that movie. But, you know, it's more of a visual effects movie. It's not really a big plot-heavy movie, so I wasn't surprised to see that only get the two this year. So it, it did get, I believe, nominated for Best Visual Effects. I'm just going to pull up the the rest of the nominees. And look, when when it comes to those kinds of those kinds of Oscars, I feel like it's it's sometimes hard to forecast who exactly is going to win. Like, be, not not because Tenet is certainly it's certainly deserving of special effects, but it's just you know it, for, for those the I guess it's hard to say. I guess technical Oscars, let's call them. Sometimes I feel like it's it's easier. They're easier up, upsets, let's say, right? That's but right, I mean, you look yeah. at the other nominees in this category. I haven't seen all of the movies. I think the only other one I haven't seen is Love and Monsters. Um, which I'm not, I, I have not seen that one. I've seen the Midnight Sky, saw the Mulan live action remake, and I saw the one and only Ivan, which I believe okay. was a children's movie. Um, and you know what, Tenet? I, I got to say, as a, as a quick aside, I, I saw that movie in a drive-in theater um, because I just okay. really wanted to go see it in the summer. Uh, and I have to say, it was it was an odd movie. I, I, it probably wasn't my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I mean, but then again, he has a pretty huge filmography. Like, what did you like so much about Tenet? Um, what I liked about Tenet was it kind of felt like Christopher Nolan making like a James Bond movie. Like it had okay. a lot of those classic spy tropes, but it was still doing that kind of weird sci-fi Nolan twist. Like you've got this sort of like inversion, reverse time travel thing. And I thought that was a very interesting way to explore that complicated concept through like a film genre that um, the public knows so well. Right. And I'm also just, I'm a big fan of Robert Pattinson and Elizabeth Debicki. They're two actors I love quite dearly. So I'll just watch pretty much anything that they're ever in. Man, do you think that Robert Pattinson sometimes still gets like a bad rap? I would say this is, is probably expanded to Kristen Stewart too. They probably get like bad raps, all things considered, because I feel like the average person hears their names and thinks, "Oh, those awful Twilight movies." When, yeah. when in reality, the, I, it's it's crazy to think that those movies came out. I I want to say when I was in high school. Which was like ten plus years ago at this point, if not yeah. if not more. I'm sure I'm completely misremembering the time period, but I mean, it's it's just it, it, since then they have both done such interesting things with their careers. I feel like Twilight at the end of the day will just be like a the most minor of footnotes in their careers. I agree 100. percent I mean, like Twilight was essentially just a way for them to get started in the industry. They got some fame for it for sure. But my guess is that, um, like, another 10 years from now, like, they're going to have so many more roles that they're going to be much more famous and much more well-known for. I mean, just even coming out in the next year, like, Robert Pattinson is going to be taking on Batman, so that's obviously right. going to be a huge thing for him. 
Kristen Stewart is going to be playing uh, Princess Diana in a biopic directed by Pablo Lorraine as well. And they've just both kept doing amazing work. So I feel like over the course of the next few years, people will start to recognize them more for the newer work they've done. But I feel like there's always going to be people who think like, oh, no, he's the pretty boy from Twilight. I don't want to watch anything with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I'll, I'll, I definitely will be continuing to look forward to what they're doing, right? I mean, in the past year, I was, it was The Devil All the Time came out, The Lighthouse yeah. before that, right? I mean, Rob Pattinson himself has been doing a lot of really interesting stuff. And I, I'm sure he'll continue to do that. So, yeah, I think we'll both be watching whatever he does. I, I, you know, I would say, to get back to the, the snubs conversation of the Oscars, I would say the only... Other real one, I agree with that. Like by and large, I was probably pretty pleased this year. But the the maybe maybe this is not really a snub, but the fact that both Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya were put in the supporting actor category instead mm-hmm. of like one in one and one and one another, because it, it yeah. just it, 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 it this is probably a, a very simple reading of the situation, but it really just seems that if both of them are in the supporting category, then who was the lead actor in that movie right i I feel like you can you can argue that at least one of them probably was the lead and i I would have probably argued that it was Lakeith Stanfield, if only because I feel like the, the movie is about him basically like and, and about and, and about how he certainly how he relates to the Fred Hampton character as well, uh, portrayed by Daniel Kaluuya. but I mean it's just the the way the movie is told, it's like everything is framed. I feel like by Stanfield and his acting, it was just strange that he was put in the supporting actor category. Mm-hmm. Like it is kind of a weird implication. Like if you put them both in supporting actor, like who does that make the main character? Like yeah. is Jesse Plemons the main character in that movie? Is it Dominique Fishback? So I think like the Oscars, they certainly have a history of doing this kind of thing a lot. Um, for example, a couple of years ago, when the uh, when the favorite was nominated and Olivia Coleman won best right. actress for that. She was more of a supporting character in that movie, but she won Best Actress for it. While the two main characters, um, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, both of them were nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which was a very strange decision in my opinion, but it's just how the Academy Awards uh, conducts their business, I suppose. And I, and I guess similarly, I mean, we were talking about, you know, if you were to ever, on, on the Stubbs conversation still, if you were to ever take out, uh, you know, you, you, like let's say I think such and such a person should be in. You do have to replace them in, in the list, right? Like it's kind of yeah. the same conversation you have in sports. Like people like, cried about how Fred Van Vliet wasn't a, an All Star this year. Well, it's well, you know, he, he, he probably deserved to be one, but at the same time, you have to take someone off the All Star team to replace them with <laughs> Fred Van Vliet, right? So I think it's it's always the same like relative conversation whenever you have these chats. But I'm looking at the actor in the leading role uh, nominees, right? So it's Riz Ahmed and Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yoon in Minari. And I feel like the only person, again, I haven't seen all these movies, so by the time the Oscars come out, I I hope to have. But the the only person I feel like I would have for sure put in, and I'm not sure who I would have taken out, but would have maybe been Delroy Lindo for Defy Bloods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. He had uh, one of the best performances of the year. I was very surprised to see Defy Bloods not get any nominations this year. Um, but yeah, in terms of taking someone out, that is a that is a tough decision because it is a very stacked competition this year. Uh, I would probably say if I were to take somebody out to replace with Delroy Lindo, it would probably be Gary Oldman from Mank, actually. Right. And he did a very good job with the film. I liked Mank quite a bit. Um, it's just I feel like certainly with like with Riz Ahmed, like that was a very challenging portrayal for him. Like I still haven't seen the film, but I've just heard the acclaim. And just how he really had to struggle to portray, you know, someone who's going deaf as well. So I feel like you can't take Razamid out for that. Steven Yun in Minari um, was just amazing. 
it's just such a, a heart-wrenching, emotional performance from him. I really love that quite a bit. Chadwick Boseman and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, like he did a really good job with that. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is a very underrated actor who um, is obviously quite sad that he passed away. And as for Anthony Hopkins and The Father, while I haven't seen that, I know that it is a film about um, portraying the onset of dementia, which is always right. a very big challenge for an actor. So I'm very curious to see how that works out. But yeah, I, I do agree that Delroy Lindo, I think, should have been like a front runner for sure for Best Actor this year. So it was very yeah, surprising wild. to not see the nomination. Yeah, exactly. It's it's wild to think that he wasn't he wasn't nominated in the end. I do. I'll put. I think I'm going to put Mank on the list as well. I want to. I want to get to Mank and Trial of the Chicago mm-hmm. Seven in the next couple of weeks, just so I can at least you know and under because those two movies got nominated for a ton of Oscars, just across the board, mm-hmm. right? Like not That's just right. in. The big, the big categories, but from top to bottom. So I'll add that mm-hmm. to the list as well. Okay, to wrap up then, you know, okay. we I, I think my my perhaps personal preference for Best Picture would be Minari. That's my okay. preference. I feel like the front runner right now, at least since certainly things can change even in the next, let's say, month to six weeks, things can certainly change, but I feel like the yeah. front runner is probably Nomadland right now. Um, mm-hmm. However, though, do you have any preferences and, and maybe some early predictions for, let's say, the directing categories, and the best picture, and the acting categories? Mm-hmm. I think that um, Nomadland is probably going to be the big front runner for this year as well. Uh, it's been winning almost every single award at every other award show it's been nominated for. So while I haven't seen that film yet, I feel very confident in saying it's probably going to get best director and it is probably going to get best picture. Um, personally, I would like to see either uh, Minari or Promising Young Woman take um, either Best Director or Best Picture. Uh, Promising Young Woman was a very underrated film, and it was a really good debut from Emerald Fennel. It really took me by surprise. And Minari is just a, a very emotional, heart-wrenching film about the American dream, one that I think pretty much everybody living in Western society can relate to. Um, as for the acting categories, I would say Best Actor... I would probably think it's going to go to either Chadwick Boseman or Steven Yeun. Um, I'd personally give it to Steven Yeun if I could, because I feel like his performance was much more relatable and enjoyable, whereas Boseman was a bit more of a, it's a stereotypical powerhouse role. Right. But I, I would be fine with either of them winning the award. Uh, as for Best Actress, I think Frances McDormand for Nomadland has it locked down. But in, in my heart, it goes to Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. She right. gave, in my opinion, one of the best performances of the year, one of the best performances of her entire career as well. Uh, best Supporting Actor, I'm a little bit mixed on this one. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya has been winning a lot of awards for his role as Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah, so I feel like he has a very good shot with it. But I also feel like Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7 okay. has a very good chance as well. I get the feeling that's not going to win too many awards this year because it's only won a couple of awards at a lot of ceremonies. So I feel like this could be like its sort of big Oscar moment and Sasha Baron Cohen winning that could be representative of the film as a whole. Um, as for Best Supporting Actress, while I would love to see um, Yoon Ya Jung take it for Minari, who she did a really great performance as well as the, uh, as the grandmother of the family, uh, I have a feeling it's going to be Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie. Wow, that'd be wild. That would be wild, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, once in a while, the Oscars will kind of go with like a crazy choice, like uh, you know when Heath Ledger won for The Joker, right. or when um, I, some people might disagree with this, but I feel like Spotlight winning Best Picture a few years ago was kind of a crazy choice as well. And I feel like Maria Bakalova, if she was able to win that, that'd be a very crazy choice for the Oscars, but a very deserving one because she did an amazing job with her performance in that. 
can you just imagine the like at the very least the optics? I'm not, and it wouldn't be bad uh-huh. by any means, but just the optics of Maria Bakalova winning best uh, best supporting actress, and then Sasha Baron Cohen winning best actor. That'd be terrific. I'd yeah. I'd love to see the pictures from that, and I'd also love to hear uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's speech were he to win because he yeah. he is I feel like like his entire career he has long been incredibly outspoken when it comes to like basically any sort of you know social justice issue he's always been you know very uh, very vocal about things he feels are are right right so I think I, right. I, I for on a platform like the Oscars which I think is pretty well known for letting actors say what they want to say uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of took a moment to make some kind of statement were, were he to get up there and win I feel like he would. I feel like he'd have one of the, uh, the defining moments of the night for sure. His speech would be very interesting to listen to. And I'd also be very curious to see what uh, Rudy Giuliani would have to say if they both won as well. I feel like he'd have some interesting comments for sure. Oh, man, I forgot about that. That, was, that would be too good. Uh, I'm, sure they would uh, yeah. I'm sure they would both reference it. Uh, James, I, I, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, it's always fun to chat about the Oscars. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe, maybe after the ceremony we can get back together and we can uh, debrief later in the year. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great to me. I'd be very happy to do that. Awesome. Thanks, James. No worries. My pleasure. That was my conversation with James Mackin, my pal from 680 News here in Toronto. Uh, but that's pretty much it from me here on this episode of the Showtime Movie Podcast. As I mentioned, make the Trial of the Chicago 7, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Father are all up on the docket next. And now, look, I don't necessarily want to cram them all in into one episode because then, then I feel like you're rushing through each review and you're not giving each one its proper due and then if you don't do that each episode is like way over an hour which i don't really want right so in order to avoid that um we'll definitely have a number of episodes of the podcast before we get to the oscars which i believe is in about a month's time thereabouts so i will certainly get the father mank and trial the chicago seven on the next episode and then i think we'll wrap up with promising young woman and sound of metal and i'm sure we'll get something else in there as well right there are some other movies on the docket whether it's another oscar category or just movies i want to see we'll for sure get those out there for you because i mean look Oscars or no, I like talking about movies, right? And I think, and I think if you're listening, that means you uh, you like movies too. So we will continue talking about movies on the next episode. That's it from me. I hope you stay safe, and as always, I can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great night.